morning, everyone. Take your Bibles, go to Luke. It's good to be in church. I like church. Like Brother Joe, I think church is the best place to be. Keeps you out of trouble. Even if you're in trouble, it keeps you out of it. helps you stay out of trouble. If you're here, you're not somewhere else getting in trouble. Luke 10, 38. This is an old story. Everybody knows it. It's just a little, little different twist on it. Uh, I've never heard it this way, but somebody else could. You might come up afterwards and say, oh, I heard it that way before, so we know it is. 1038. 1038. It's about Mary and Martha uh, and Jesus and Lazarus. And uh, it says in verse 38, it says, Now it came to pass that they went, uh, as they went, that they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and, and heard his words. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Uh, bid her, therefore, uh, that she help me. And Jesus said, answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. And boy, when he says something twice, verily, verily, uh, you need to stop and think about what he just said. Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Do pray that you bless the morning message, and Lord, we'll give you the praise and honor in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Uh, just to let you know, uh, Dan Schellebarger passed away the other day, and his funeral is Tuesday. I don't have all the particulars on it, uh, but it is Tuesday. Uh, it'll be over at Berean, I'm, I'm assuming, Berean Baptist Church. So we can find out uh, the information, uh, just get on their website, and it'll probably show. But Brother Dan was a good man. Uh, he spent, uh, I, I mean, I knew him as uh, first time I walked into charity many, many years ago, probably 89, 90. Uh, he was there, uh, and I've known him ever since. He, he's always had a heart to serve God. He was always in the jails with the guys. I think he was the one who got the jail started over there. Uh, it's just a blessing, uh, and, and he's went on to glory to be with the Lord. And I'm telling you what, that one of the most important things you'll ever do in life, if not the most important thing, is to make sure you're saved. And if you're not sure you're saved, then you got a problem. And I'm telling you what, you're going to have a problem when this thing is over called life. And you're going to have to stand out. Here's Mary. Mary and Martha. Uh, never mentions Lazarus in this story, by the way. No Lazarus is here in this portion. I think this is, there's three accounts of, of this story going on. Uh, there's three different uh, events that occur, and this is the first of the three. Uh, Jesus is in this town, Bethany, and, and he stops at, at Mary Martha's house. It says it's her house, and, and she's going to take care of him and feed him. Lazarus isn't even in the picture yet. Lazarus is not even talked about. The, the, the conflict here is between Mary and Martha. Mary wants something. It's evident in her life she wants something. She's getting what she wants, but it's not so evident about Martha. Martha is burdened. So many times we get burdened in life. We just get burdened. And we let things in life crash in around us and we get more and more burdened. And we really forget that the Lord knows the whole thing. He knows everything about your life. He knows everything about my life. He knows what you're going through. And he's like, suck it up, buttercup. I heard somebody say that one time. Uh, now, that, that may sound hard, but it's, it's, it's really reality. Uh, what you need to do is get up. I, me and my mom are in, in a, uh, a battle right now. Uh, she wants everybody to pity her, and I just won't pity her. I'm like, you want to go home? Yes. That's all you ever say. You want to go back to Kentucky? Yes. Then get out of the wheelchair and walk. Amen. Just shut up, man. Don't be telling me you want to go do something and you're not doing it. She goes, oh, I'm afraid. Well, then get over your fear. 
Hey, I got problems too. I got issues in life that I got to deal with. You know what you do? You get over those things. Here's Martha. Martha's just, Lord, don't you see? Well, of course I see you, idiot. I stopped at your house. I knew you had the best biscuits. Dr. Doc says, best gravy, biscuits, all this stuff. I can't have none of that stuff, man. I did. Last week, I got off my 20-week diet. I went hog wild, gained 10 pounds. It was terrible. It was terrible. I lost five of the 10 already, so it's really just... Uh, Beth, Beth told me this morning, she goes, it was all water weight that you lost. That's why you was down so low. She's, she's really encouraging me. Uh, but, I, you know, I sit there and said, hey, you know, you got to stop and say, no, wait a minute. I want to get back down. I'm going I'm to start stop eating and eat the right way again. I'll get it back down where it is. But, I mean, I had to have some ice cream and I had to have some steak and I had to have some other stuff and some other stuff and nuts and all the stuff I couldn't have for 20 weeks. I just pigged out and, and I watched it happen. I said, man, this stuff comes quick. But the Lord is sitting here talking to Mary. He really is focusing in on Martha. And it says, but Martha was cumbered about with much serving. You ever feel like you're cumbered about? I'm just doing too much. Ah, Sometimes you need to slow down. There are things more important. If you're not doing what you're doing for Jesus Christ, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Because the joy won't be there if you're not doing it. Now, she's doing something for the Lord. Uh, She doesn't really understand quite what she's doing quite yet, but she's getting it. Uh, and it says, Mary enjoyed preaching. Man, I like Mary. Mary's, he says, but one thing, verse 42, but one thing is needful, and Mary had chosen that good part. You know what's wrong with most of us? You choose the wrong thing. Amen. Mary chunked the whole thing to sit down at Jesus' feet and listen to him preach. She was probably Googleizing him. <laughs> yeah, she couldn't get enough. I don't think, you know, I, I met Beth. When I met Beth, what I liked about Beth is she didn't care about sitting on the front row. Well, she didn't sit on the front row. She always sits second row back, which I think a lady should. Uh, but she sat on the second row back. She wasn't afraid to get around preaching. She wasn't afraid to get spit on. She wasn't afraid of nothing. I never heard her complain about anything. She always had a smile on her face. The only thing I ever heard her complain about was that if you knock me down in the river, we're done. And the Lord took her down. And I got to watch. And I didn't have to do a thing. And I looked right at her and said, that's what you get for talking about me like that in front of the Lord. And she started laughing about that. But you know, Mary, Mary chose, she could have been in there helping her sister. But what she would have missed was that few moments that she had with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you have the poor with you always, but me, you don't. Sometimes you need to stop and take some time and just be with Jesus. You need that. And if you don't do it, you're you're wasting it. I don't care what the problem is in life. Everybody else got through it. Everybody else done, has done that stuff. Bess had five kids and she got through it and she's sitting here today. There's other people that's had lots of other kids and they're here today. Uh, I'm telling you what, there's, you, you can't blame your circumstances on no fellowship with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes to your house. He comes right to Martha's house. It isn't like she has to go anywhere to see him. He comes to her house so she can have fellowship and she finds something else to do. Guess what? Order it at KFC. You could have had it shipped in. It's just as good. Popeye's is better. But anyways, I mean, it's good. Mary's enjoying the preaching. I mean, she's down here. Jesus answers and Jesus answers and said unto her, verse 41, Martha, Martha. Well, could you imagine him? You get to White Throne Judge or the Judgment of Christ. Don't you want to go to White Throne? If you're going to White Throne, you need to get out of that and go to the Judgment of Christ. But he's looking at Martha and he goes, Martha, Martha. He goes, Martha, what's your problem? I, I come to your house. I, I think this is one of the very first meetings that Martha and Mary had with the Lord. 
She probably knew he was, he's this famous preacher that's going around and, and everybody's talking about him and I get the opportunity to have him in my home and what a blessing that is. And he goes, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Jesus wasn't really troubled about anything. He didn't, he let go of it all, man. I've had people say, Mike, why don't you have gray hair? Because I don't want any. I mean, I guess I'll get it someday uh, when it's supposed to be there, but I ain't going to worry myself into it. I've seen people with white hair, uh, premature white hair. I'm like, I don't mind white hair, but I ain't going to get it. Uh, Bess always saying, well, I can't go gray until you do. And, and, and so she goes, colors her hair. Yes, she won't let me color mine. I don't understand that thing. Jesus leaves this, 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 this conversation right here. It's almost like over in uh, uh, Jonah. Uh, stay right where you're at if you want to, but I'm going to the book of Jonah real quick. I want you to get something here. If you don't get anything else, man, get this. This is, this is, I like Jonah. Jonah is a good book, man. Jonah, the last book, the last chapter, chapter 4. And he talks in verse 11, and he goes, uh, verse 10, he says, and he's talking to Jonah in Jonah chapter 4, verse 11. He says, Then said the Lord, Thou hast pity on the gourd, for which thou hast not labored, neither uh, madest it to grow, which came up in the night, and, and it perished in the night. And should not I... Spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons, 60,000 people, that cannot discern between their right hands and their left, and also much cattle. And he leaves it right there. He never tells you anything about Jonah. It's like, I remember I heard Doc preach that message, and I, I, got, I said, hey, what? I said, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Never thought about, you know, he just drops it right there, and it's like, he goes, yeah, that's you. What do you think about that? And I'm thinking, hmm, that's, that's a good way to drop something. The Lord does that same thing right here in Luke. But one thing is needful, verse 42, 1042. One thing is needful, and Mary had chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her, and he drops it and walks away. And you, you're, left, you're left wondering about Martha's condition. You're left in doubt about Martha's condition. I don't really have a problem. Lazarus is not even brought in the picture yet. I have no problem with Mary's condition. But I got a problem with Martha. Now go over to John chapter 11. I believe this is the second account where he comes in to this house. John chapter 11, verse 1 through 5. He says this, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord's feet in the next chapter uh, with ointment and wiped his, or wiped his feet with her hairs, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Christ must have had an opportunity to meet Lazarus earlier. He has learned to love this man. This man means something to him that didn't mean before. Uh, and it's probably back here at Mary's house and Martha's house when he walks in and it's Martha's house. Lazarus is there and he's not mentioned. And, and Jesus at normal time just sitting there talking, fellowshipping. Or maybe he met Lazarus out in the thing and Lazarus said, hey, come on to my sister's house. And she'll cook good for you, brother. Man, she'll take care of you. Let's go. And they come home. However it is, Jesus meets Lazarus. Lazarus has become a friend of Christ, and Mary and Martha both know that this is so, and, and they both send to him and say, hey, our brother is sick, whom thou lovest. They knew what love was, and they knew what Jesus 
gave for their, their brother. They knew, hey, I love my brother. You love my brother. They said, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified there, thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He doesn't say Mary. And he mentions Lazarus in the story because the story is about Lazarus. But he says Jesus loved Martha. The title of this message is Loving Martha. You know, the Lord loved Martha, and he left her back there, and he wasn't sure about her. She wasn't sure about her. She didn't know really what was going on. He said, and Mary knew. Mary was at the feet. She was sucking it up. Now, on that side of the cross, neither one of them are saved. There's nobody saved here. Lazarus isn't saved. Nobody else is saved. Peter's not saved. John's not saved. Nobody is. It's still Old Testament stuff. And Christ hasn't been to the cross. He hasn't been crucified. He hasn't died yet. He hasn't shed his blood yet. But he knows that Mary isn't going in the right direction. Martha isn't going in the right direction. Mary's there. Lazarus is there because we know that Christ loves him. But Martha is so covered about business and the things that she's doing that she's putting Christ off to the side. And the worst thing you can ever do is put Jesus Christ off to the side. He comes into this passage here and he says, now Jesus loved Martha. Well, you know, he loves her to death. He's going to say, I'll make sure she's going to get it. She's going to get it. I'm going to make sure she gets it. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let her brother get sick. And I'm going to watch that thing happen from a distance. And when I get done with this lady, she's going to know who I am. And I'm willing to take it all the way to the end of this thing to get her. It had nothing to do with Mary. I think this whole story was for Martha. Lazarus, it had nothing to do with Lazarus. He's dead. It doesn't matter. By the way, you can't die around Jesus Christ. It's not the first death you got to worry about. It's that second one. I don't really care about the first one. It's the second one that I'm really worried about. And I'm not even worried about that no more. I solved that problem 43 years ago. He is, un Christ is, the, he's got to get into Martha's mind a certain amount of things. I think Mary already has it. But it's his un unmistakable div uh, divinity. Christ is divine, and, and the problem is us understanding that is. Before you can ever get saved, you got to understand that he's the Savior. you got to look down through time somewhere where you can see him and see him as the only option you have, and, and you're going to put all your stuff. I like Dr. Roman always said, 52 cards on the table face up. Everything's up, up front. I'm not, there's nothing. I'm holding nothing back. They're all up front. When it comes to Jesus Christ, to me, that's just the way it is. Martha's not quite there. He left her back in Luke, and, it's, it, and Mary, he's talking about Mary just like he, he, uh, they talked about Jonah over there. He left you hanging about Martha's condition. I get, I get hanging a lot of times about people's condition. You talk to them, and you look at them like, I don't understand that thought pattern. If you say you say what you say you are, why do you think like that? Why, why would you think like that? If I say I'm a Christian and I act like somebody in the world, why would I say I'm a Christian? Don't even tell anybody who you are. If I'm saved and I say I'm saved, why am I on the world's side and not the Lord's side? I don't understand it. Martha is sitting here not saved. Martha is sitting here. She's cumbered about much business. And here's the Lord. He says, hey, I think I'm going to go back for a second. You know what the odds are of getting the Lord Jesus Christ to, to introduce himself to you twice in one lifetime? 
and to have dinner at your house twice in one lifetime? And to do something for you to this magnitude in your lifetime? He did it for Martha. I think this whole story was for Martha. I could be wrong. could be totally wrong. But the more I read it, he said Jesus loved Martha. His divinity is unmistakable. You can't meet it. Uh, he had done over Mark 17 or Mark 9, uh, 27. Mark, Mark 7, 37. It says, he doeth all things well. He, there's not one thing that you can find in, recorded in history that he did wrong. I mean, you're talking about perfect. He did everything perfect. There was nothing he didn't do. Psalms, Psalm 116 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. If Lazarus, he loved Lazarus, and they already said he did, wasn't it precious in his sight when Lazarus died? Of course it was. Lazarus went home to be with the Lord. He says, Lazarus, they're going to have to kill you for once for a little bit. I'll bring you right back, but I need, I need you to die for me. Will you die for me? Lazarus didn't have much choice. He just got sick. He probably didn't know that was really going to happen to him, but it did. The two that's getting issues here is Mary and Martha, but Martha he loved. Jesus' timing was always calculated to the perfect time. He could have went two days earlier and probably just healed him, but he didn't want that. That would not get the... Would it bring Lazarus back? Of course, but it would not get the cause that he was looking for, and that's Martha. Martha needs to know something that only Jesus Christ can do. You know, in our lives... When you come to meet Jesus Christ, he changes you. And if you, if you do anything prior to that moment in time where you meet him like that, you're, you're cheating yourself. I didn't want to cheat myself. On that back porch before I got saved, I knew exactly. I didn't know exactly what I was doing. And I don't know how I got saved that night. And I don't know the exact words I said. But I knew on that back porch I wanted him. There was nothing else on that back porch that night I wanted other than him. He knew it. I thought he was going to come sit next to me. I wanted him. I didn't want nothing else. There was nothing on this planet I wanted. I wanted him and him alone. And he didn't come. I was like Mary. I was sitting there at his feet waiting for him and he never came. You know what so many people do? You sit there and you get something and you think you got it and you go off and just live your life like you want and you're wasting your life. When the Lord is constantly trying to come in and get your attention, what does he got to do? Kill your brother? That's what he had to do to Mount Martha here. Martha got, Martha got into a place, oh man, Jesus tells his disciples. He says, when he heard that therefore he was sick, he's still back where he was at. He goes, he abode two days still. I mean, he didn't care. A matter of fact, uh, I don't know why people, well, I can't understand why Jesus would do it. First of all, let me tell you something. He's God. And he could do whatever he wants, however he wants, whenever he wants. And if he wants to do to me whatever he wants, or if he wants to do to you whatever he wants, that's fine with me too. I'll help you. I'll, I'll try to comfort you the best I can. I'm not the greatest comforter in the whole wide world, but I'll try. But I'm going to tell you, if he does it to you, that's a blessing. And you may not understand it. So many people say, well, why would the Lord allow this to happen? A dog, can you create a universe? He can like do whatever he wants. I just want to be on his side. I know one day I'm going to be on his side. I won't ever have to worry about what he does again. People say, I don't want him to hurt me. I'm afraid he's going to, man, bring it on. You say, are you serious? I'm dead serious. I've watched this thing for 43 years, and I've went through some things in 43 years that a lot of people never will ever go through. They'll never get the opportunity to go through it, and it hurt. 
But boy, I tell you what, I wouldn't change one thing. Not, not from this perspective, not where I'm at right now. There ain't a thing. Jesus is sitting there. He goes, when he therefore heard that, therefore, uh, when, he, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. To him, it's no big thing if Lazarus dies. But to all the apostles, all the disciples, it was. To Mary, it was. To Martha, it definitely was. That's their brother. Lord, we know you can heal people. Will you come? That's humanistic understanding. We think that if he cures my problem today, that that will solve my problem. It won't solve your problem. You're still going to die one day. It's appointed that a man wants to die. It doesn't matter if he, if he saves your life today in the scheme of eternity, what is 66 years? If he gives you another 15, he gave Hezekiah 15 more years. You know what happened? He got a son named Manasseh. And Manasseh messed everything up. And you sit there and say, what is that? Sometimes the 15 years you get might be the worst thing for you and the rest of the world. The best thing to do is to say, Lord, do what seemeth good to thee. I like David, man. You, you read your Bible, you know what you get? You get Lord, whatever seemeth good to thee in thine eyes do. Joab said that. You know what you got to do? You got to get to the place where you trust God. Mary was trusting God. Martha wasn't. Jesus waited. He made sure that they knew that God was manifesting flesh. He's going to make sure of this. He's going to get it down. This is for Martha. He is showing them how to trust the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's a, you got to get to the place. And so many people, we say, we trust God. We trust God. We trust God. But our lives do not reflect it. When, when the pressure is actually put on, I mean, and, and it's like a pressure cooker. It, it'll get to a point where the steam will come out like a tea kettle. When the pressure comes on, you'll see what somebody's made of by how they react under pressure. And, and the more pressure you put on, the more. I had a boss one time come out the door, and I, I mean, I messed up. I, took, I, I knocked down the entire fleet, man. Uh, I went up to, well, actually, Gary Bain did, but I told him to do it. <laughs> I said, Gary, I'm reading a book, and he's doing it, man. I'm out there working on a satellite antenna, and we're doing a test. And I said, Gary, you do this, do this, do this. I said, Gary, put those two little switches. They're two little, yeah, you saw see him. I said, put them in local. And he goes, click, click. And I heard this antenna go, Kah! and it comes off the satellite. And I'm like, oh, no. I said, Gary, put those two little switches back. And he put them back, and I heard the antenna go, but it takes five minutes for that thing to time out. There's no way, shape, form, or fashion you're going to bypass that five minutes. It takes five minutes. I mean, it's just five minutes. So it's about a minute walk up to where I got to go, and, and I come out of the, the pedestal. And by that time, I mean, the world is freaking out, man. I mean, all the stuff goes down. You go into the, the satellite station. We had more equipment that it would fill this church all the way out to the kitchen. I mean, this room would be packed all the way down through there. It would be packed, and everything went red. I mean, the entire site. You're talking about a catastrophic failure. You couldn't have got any worse than that. And I'm just like, uh, da, 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 uh, da, da, da. I'm just walking like this. And Balovich comes up to the back door. I can still see his little face, man. He's, I'm looking, Elliot, aren't you going to run? Ah! I'm like, yeah, hey, I can run for you if, you, if that's what you want. So, and I get up there, and we, sit, we get at the, the, the register where the place I need to be. All the CCLUs are there, and, and uh, he's sitting there, and I'm like, <laughs> he's going, aren't you going to do something? Aren't you going to do something? I said, yeah. I said, how's everything going? He goes, oh, no, 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 we're off the satellite. I said, yeah, I know, I know we're off the satellite. And he goes, aren't you going to do something? I said, I can't. He said, why? I said, you got to wait five minutes, man. That's the timeout. What do you want me to do? 
I can't, I'm not God, man. I say, I can't do that. Five minutes came up. I'm pivoting right on satellite. Everything went, the whole place went green. He called me in his office, getting ready to chew me out, man. I brought this manual in there about the size of, you know, the first, you could put it in Ark of Covenant. That's how big this thing was. And I flipped the pages. I said, you see all this stuff right here? He goes, yeah. I said, this is telling me that nobody's ever done this check before. I said, this check is 10 years old. That means there's not one satellite station on the face of this planet ever did this check. Because if they'd have done this check, they'd have found out this happened a long time ago. And this would have been fixed. He goes, Elliot, fix it. Get out of here. I said, okay, see you later. You know, you could freak out. And you know what that guy did? He's seen that, that under pressure, I didn't crack. And I refuse to crack. Because you can't get nothing done if you crack. You got, I don't care if you hurt, you get your leg cut off, man, put a Band-Aid on it or something and just keep going on. What are you supposed to do? I, I remember Steve, man, it's it funny, the, when I was talking to him, I was impressed, man. He cuts his finger off, I keep telling him, it's the clippers, clippers, not hedge trimmers. You don't trim your fingernails with hedge trimmers. And, and he'll tell you the truth now. I mean, he holds it up and he, he, he goes sideways. And he tried to say he fell off a ladder. I don't know about that. But, but I'm sitting there going, call him in the hospital, talk to him, and he's perfectly fine. You don't lose it, man. You don't lose it. Because when you start losing it, you lose control of the situation. Jesus has not lost anything in your life. Nor will he ever lose anything in your life. We lose it when we don't trust him. I learned a long time ago to trust him. I'm just, I just watch him. When I got a hold of that stuff, man, I started watching him bring people in and out of my life to teach me things. And I'm not a man follower or a lady follower or anything. I just, I listen. And when he teaches me something, I learn. He, his unmistakable divinity. He, is, he always shows up at the right time. His unending love, grace and mercy. Now Jesus loved Martha. You know, he could have left her back in Luke and just left her and went on and went to dinner someplace else. Everybody cooked the same. Unleavened bread is unleavened bread is unleavened bread, man. It's like, ah. <laughs> I was up in Great Lakes and they, I was chat working for a chaplain and they sent me over to the Jewish chaplain. He gave me a, he, he said, hey, come here, Petty Officer Elliot. I said, yes. Mike actually, I was a seaman at that time. He goes, seaman Elliot, come here. He goes, have you ever had a Jewish bagel? I'm like, no, this is a bagel from God. <laughs> I get a God bagel, man. So he gives me this bagel and he's watching me and I take a bite and it's like, <laughs> How is it? I went out and found me a dumpster outside. Wait, wait, because they got to spit out. It's like throwing a Bible away, man. I mean, can you throw a bagel away, a Jewish bagel? Is that like a sin? I don't know, but I threw it away. I threw it in a dumpster, spit that thing out. I have never had a bagel taste like that. I've never had anything taste like that. Uh, and I'm sure Jesus could have went to any place and got that kind of stuff there. But uh, he didn't. He went back to Martha's house. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Well, Lazarus is dead. He's going to be dead. So this really has nothing to do with Lazarus. Really probably doesn't have a lot to do with her sister. It's, it's going to affect some of the other people around the, the situation watching it. And he always, he always got the maximum amount of effect out of everything he did. But this was just for Martha. He is loving Martha. He cared about her. To the point that he would stop everything he did, just like the lady who had the issue of blood for 12 years. He would get close enough to her so she could reach out and touch him. Now, who in our world ever heard you just touch him and you're going to get what you want? You know, the Lord honored that. He let that lady, she made, she made the rule and he said, okay. 
and she did and she got. You got a God that, that sits there and says, you want to play the game? Let's play it. What are your rules? Here's the rule. Okay. I told him, I said, hey, this is my rules. It said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. I said, hey, I'm going to tell you what my house is. My house is all my cousins, my brothers, my, my brothers and sisters, and my mom and dad, and my nieces and nephews. And to this day, everyone I'm saved. Mom, I think mom is saved. I really do. She just don't realize it. But he did exactly. He's like, okay, that's no problem. That's, that's, that's easy stuff. It's going to take some time, but it's easy. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he still bowed two days in the same place. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let's go up to Judea again. His disciples don't got it yet. They don't know really what's going on. They're still lost. And we know Romans 8.28. I like this one. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God. You wouldn't think that right now. Not in this condition. To them who are called according to his purpose. You would not think that all the, everybody out there, when you're going through trials and tribulations sometimes, sometimes it doesn't feel like all things are going to work out to good. But you know what I found out in 1980, I didn't think that very well. And in 1981 and 1982 and 1983, by 85 getting around, I'm, I'm like, hey man, this thing usually works out the right way. And it may take some time for it to work out the right way, but it'll work out the right way. And I just, you know, okay, okay you ain't never going to have a wife. All right, well, if I never have a wife, that's fine. I'll still have you, and that's more than what I ever need. And you just keep on going, and the Lord works that thing out. Now i got five kids, and, and, and I mean, just the whole thing is you looking out there. Uh, they got married, now i got grandkids. i got everything else sitting here, and you're sitting there going, what happened? I just trusted him, and he worked it out. That's all you can do. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering dustward, not willing that any should perish. You know, he did not want Martha to perish. You go back and look at Ahab. Ahab is a mess, man. Ahab is a mess. And he, he killed Naboth. And he, I mean, all the stuff he did wrong. And then one day the Lord puts his thumb down on him, and Ahab gets in sackcloth and ash. Ahab! And the Lord looks at him, look at Ahab. Oh, he's, he's repenting, man. He goes, I like that. I like the repentance stuff. He goes, I ain't going to do this in his life. I'm going, to, I'm going to repent on what I was going to do to him. I'll do it after him, but I won't do it in his life because of that. You know what the Lord wants to do? He wants to forgive. Somehow, somehow we get this thing that we think God's going to hit us with a brick. Well, he may hit you with a brick if you don't do the right thing. But hey, if you do the right thing, he's not out to hit you with a brick. He's out to help you. Brother Joe mentioned that in one of the songs today. I mean, everything he's out here, he wants us to do good. That's what he wants us to do. And the only way to do that is get Manasseh, Hezekiah. Hezekiah is sitting there and, and, and uh, Isaiah walked up to him and said, hey, man, you're going to die. You're toast. You're out of here. That's to Hezekiah. And, and Isaiah leaves. He goes, da, da, da. He's like, how would you like to have that job? Walk in and tell the king, you're toast. You're dying. See you later. Bye. God says, get your house in order. You're dead. Not yet for a moment, but you're dead. He heads out of Dodge. <laughs> he walks away, gets out in the parking lot, and the Lord says, hey, go back and tell him I'm going to give him 15 years. Why? Hezekiah's in there crying his eyeballs out. He's crying enough that the Lord hears him and gives him 15 more years. In that 15 years, he has a son named Manasseh. You know, Manasseh's wicked as the devil, man. He's a wicked man. You go back and read the story, but for the sake of time, I'm not. He's, uh, 2 Chronicles 32, 12 says, that, and when he was in affliction, Manasseh, God stuck his thumb down and put it all over Manasseh and was squishing him everywhere. Then all of a sudden he says, he besought the Lord his God 
And he humbled, Manasseh humbled himself greatly before the God of his father. You know, you know what the Lord did? And he prayed unto him, and he was entreated. You know, the Lord said, look at Manasseh, man. See, some of us, we put, we put these burdens on people that, that we expect them. I'm sorry, brethren, I'm not God. I'm not the Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot do for you what he can do. But boy, I tell you what, he can forgive. And he can have mercy, and he can have grace, and he can love you. And he's coming back to Martha to prove that to her. His unmovable faith. Number three, verse seven says there, he says, and after, back in, in John, he says, then after uh, that, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. And he goes, Verse 9, he says uh, his disciples are worried about uh, people trying to kill him because everybody is. Verse 10, he goes, but if a man walk in the night, he, uh, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. You know what the Lord's saying? You shouldn't be afraid. I don't know why Christians are afraid. Why are we afraid to let this world know how we think? Why are we afraid to let them? We got the God of the universe on our side. Why are we afraid? You know, it might end up hurting, but why are you afraid? You're, you got the greatest story to tell. You got the greatest thing to pass on to anybody. You got the greatest gift to offer to somebody. All they got to do, you got the greatest everything. Why would we even, even doubt God? But you know what his disciples are worried? Oh, they're worried about somebody killing you. I've had people say, well, what are you going to do if somebody tries to kill you? I guess they try. I mean, they could, I guess, but I ain't going to sit there and worry and go in a glass. I'm not going to be the Pope, man, and get a, a Pope mobile with glass, bulletproof glass windows and all that stuff in it. I mean, you, how are you going to tell, man? You can't. You got to trust in the Lord. You got, can't fear man. I like it. Uh, it says, uh, he says, and fear not them, Proverbs, fear not them which can kill the body. No, this is Matthew. But, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I look at the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I, I think I'll trust you more than I will anybody else. You can get me out of hell, and you can keep me from going there. And I said, I, don't, I think I'm going to trust you. You're the only one on the face of this planet. I've read, I read the stories all the way through. I've read other stuff. And the only person, Buddha can't do it. Muhammad can't do it. Nobody else can do it. The only person I've ever met in history that said I can keep you out of hell is a man named Jesus Christ. And the Catholic Church got that right. They just got everything else wrong. His unmovable faith, man. He says, don't fear man. Rely on the word of God. Dr. Roman told an illustration one time about a guy in World War II, a World War I, he was getting shot at and everything else. And the guy said, hey, I don't, I don't worry. Oh, let me read that thing. I'd rather read it. He says, in World War II, two soldiers were talking, and one was trying to encourage his fellow soldier and said, quit worrying about it, man. There isn't, I can see Dr. Rubin saying that. Quit worrying about it, man. There isn't no bullet that's going to hit you unless it has your name written on it. They said Patton used to stand up and do this crazy stuff all the time. He knew it. If that bullet's going to get me, it's going to get me when I'm on. I hear people worry about tornadoes. I'm 65 years. My mom's scared to death the tornado's going to kill her. I'm like, Mom, you're 90 years old. You've never seen a tornado. Chances are you ain't ever going to see one. I said, and if you see it, it's going to be from afar, like Peter. I said, you ain't going to get hit by a tornado. Well, do you got a basement? We live in a basement. Uh, I'm like, it ain't going to happen. I said, you run over here, the tornado gets you over there. You run over there, the tornado gets you there. You might as well stand still and let the thing pass you. I mean, there's nothing you can do. But he goes on, and his fellow soldier said, ah, you're right. I ain't worried about that bullet. 
I am worried about everything else that is labeled to whom it may concern. <laughs> you got to stop sometime. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there to kill you. But, but are you going to sit and worry about that stuff all day? It's a point when a man wants to die. If I gave you another, why don't Jesus just make everybody live? For how long? If I, if I cure all illnesses today, you're still going to die of something. It's a point when a man wants to die. You're going to have to die. There's nothing else I can do about it. His uncommon joy. Boy, Jesus Christ has some joy you wouldn't believe. I'm telling you, man, he was, he was just a happy guy. And I am glad. <laughs> He's talking to his disciples. He said, I am glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. Yeah, I'm glad that Lazarus died. You think I'm hard? Man, he, <laughs> you think I don't have any bedside manners? There ain't none there. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent, you may believe. Why does it take something like this to make us turn our hearts to where we believe God? He knows that. He knows your frame. He knows your but does. He knows what you'll, you'll take and what you won't take. And sometimes he brings trials and tribulations in your life to hurt, to get to a place in your life where it hurts so bad that you look up and you say, okay, it's you. I got it. He said, nevertheless, let's go unto him. Then said Thomas, Thomas and doubting Thomas. I mean, people say some of this. Peter says, I'll never forsake you. Oh, the cock crow three times. Like, you're going to deny me thrice. Twice. The cock won't go. And you'd already cussed and everything else, man. Not me. Not me. I will die with you. That's Thomas. Thomas is the same thing. They go with him. There that I was not there to cure him. Could you imagine him saying something? And Lazarus died. Revelation 4, I like that. Thou art worthy. God says you're worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Anything he does is worthy. It's a mindset, brother. I'm telling you, it's a mindset you got to get to. His unveiling feelings. Now, I want to get here, and this is where I'm going to finish right here. John chapter 11, verse 21. The conversation really boils down to this part right here in the scriptures. And Mary and Martha have already talked to him, and they got down. But verse 21, 11, 21, he starts talking. Verse 20, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. That's a true statement. If he wanted to, he could have been there. But you're missing something, Martha. But I know you're still coming about much business, and you think if you just weigh the magic, stick your hand in the hat, pull out the white rabbit, that everything's going to be fine. That's not, that's not what I'm here for, but... I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. She said the right thing there, but she didn't believe it. And the Lord knew she didn't believe that. So many times Christians or saved people say the right thing. Lost people will say the right thing. And the words will come out of their mouth, but they're really not words that they believe in their heart, in their soul. That thing has to get so far down inside you that there, nothing can mine that thing away. So that when the Lord puts you in a position where something's going to happen that he needs to get the glory from, you will be able to endure what you're getting ready to go. He will not put you through something that you can't do. There is no temptation taking you but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape. He's not going to put you under something you can't do. And it's called training. Sometimes it's a whole life full of training. Martha is sitting here and she's talking. And Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. And you know what the typical saved person will do or Christian will do today. 
Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I go to church. I've been told exactly what to say. Did I pass? No, you failed. Martha, you're still failing. Just because you said the right thing, you missed it. You missed it. Martha, I love you. Tyler's message is loving Martha. You know, love sometimes is hard, but it needs to be done. He goes on. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? You know, to get saved is a, is a strange thing. Uh, Revelation chapter, uh, go, over to, go, to, go to Revelation chapter 20. Just real quick. I got two hours left. I'm done. No, I'm, I'm done. I'm really done right here. I got one more verse to read and I'm done. Well, actually, a couple more. Revelation don't count. Revelation chapter 20. Last couple verses. Verse 12, it says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead, everybody that died out, out of sea, uh, which were in it, and death and hell. Everybody that's been thrown in hell for all, all eternity, uh, death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And you're going to get a second opportunity. And death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. There's your opportunity gone. This is the second death. Lazarus just died once. He hadn't had his second death yet. And before he gets to that place, you know, the Lord can do a lot of stuff. And before you get to that second death, he can do a lot of stuff. He took Lazarus and allowed him to die, but he knew he was going to bring him back. He brought several people back. All, down, all through your Bible, people came back from being dead. Their bodies were dead, but they weren't gone yet. And they weren't settled into a fixed place where they were going to be for all eternity. They weren't there. Martha goes on back here, and Jesus says, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? You know, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you get out of that second death. That second death never occurs. Uh, you're born twice, you die once. I, I was born in 1957. I was born again in 1980. And one of these days, I'm going to die. And absent from the body, present with the Lord. But there's some people that was born a certain date. They'll die a certain date. They'll never get born again. And they'll have to go out and stand before that white throne judgment. And they'll die the second time. But that death isn't death like we're, our definition of death. Noah Webster's got the wrong definition. They think this body goes away and death ensues and that's it. And that's not it. This body goes away and a thing comes out of me called a soul and that thing will go to heaven or it'll go to hell the moment it walks out of my body. There's, there's countless of stories, man. You know why you go to the hospital and they feed you all these drugs? To keep you from screaming as you're going to hell. Nurse after nurse after doctor after doctor will tell you the same thing. Before all these drugs, people would be in the hospital screaming because they're on their way to hell. I've been in a room, I watched my sister pass away, and she said my other little sister was just saved, was coming down there to get her to take her home. She said, I seen her last night, Mickey. She came in the room, and she said, come on over. I said, wait, why don't you go? The next night, she gone. You say, is that, I don't know what she saw, but that's what she saw. You know what I've seen? Peace. The next night, 
Her three kids walked in one at a time and said, goodbye, Mom. Kissed her, walked out. They said when the last girl walked out that she died seconds later. They watched it on the screens that she just died. Nurse said that's not, that happens all the time. They don't want to die in front of their kids. So they'll, they'll hang on, they'll hang on, they'll hang on, they'll hang on until the last thing. And, and as soon as they're done, they'll let go and they'll just go away. But she died as peaceful as you could be. She was gasping for air before uh, that day. And the next morning I walk in and she's breathing normal. Well, I told her, I said, let go, man. The day she died, she's breathing as normal as she could. I'm like, maybe, maybe the Lord just healed her. And the doctor said, no, what he did is it, her body shut down all the extremities and they're only focusing in on just oxygen for the lungs and heart. And her body started to shut down. And she went out of this world as peaceful as you could go. There's other people who don't. They go out screaming and kicking because they know exactly where they're going. Now, I don't know what a person sees as they die and they can drug them up all they want. It is not going to change destiny. They're destined to go to one place, heaven or hell. I know where I'm going to go when I die. Do you? You know why Jesus loved Martha? The very next verse. He says, and verse 26, Christ ends it. He says, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He said, believest thou this? Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Are you sure you know where you're going to go when you die? I don't say just words. Martha had words. I'm not talking about words. I'm talking about knowing. Are you sure you know where you're going to go when you die? I'm absolutely 100% positive I know where I'm going to go when I die. You know what Martha's next step was? Saying was verse 27. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which shall come into the world. And when she had said so, she went her way and called Mary. You know the first thing you do after you get saved? Now, she's not saved here. She goes tell somebody else. There's a, there's a song out there, and, it, and the thing says, i got to tell somebody, got to tell somebody what Jesus did for me. You know what you do? There's something inside your heart that you just can't shut your mouth. You know what Martha did when she got that? She got it right there, right there, right there. She got it. You know what she did? She got on his side. She knew of him. She fed him. She watched what was going on. You know, the next passage, when you get over in chapter 12, and I, I'm done. But when you get in chapter 12, they have another dinner for him. Lazarus is sitting there. Mary comes in weeping and crying because now they're, they're way over here. I mean, they're just, they're just not in the middle here somewhere. I mean, they're way over here. You never hear Martha complain about Mary. You never hear Mary complain about Martha. You never hear Lazarus complain about anybody else. What you see is Mary walking in, crawling in with an alabaster box. And she busts it all over his feet and, and gives it to his body. And you get an apostle. Judas complaining. You know what? You got, you got a storyline sitting there where the Lord loves somebody. People say, well, the Lord don't care about me no more. Oh, yes, he does. Martha was sitting over here. When he left, he was concerned about Martha and not Mary and Lazarus. And when he's all said and done, Martha got in. You know what he's trying to do today is get you in. If you're in this room tonight, right now and you're lost, brother, I'm done. If you're lost, you know what he's trying to do is get you in. And he's going to try to get you in. 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 Because he knows that second death is coming out there someday. And he don't want you to go there. He did not. This is loving Martha time. He said, I love Martha. Martha's got some problems. I got to go back and do some work on Martha. Just like you, Mike, I had to do some work on you. And I finally got you. And the day you trusted me, we solved your problem. Now let's go out and get somebody else. You know what Martha did? She went and got Mary. 
and said, Mary, Jesus is here. Martha isn't no longer said, oh, Lord, he's, can't you do something about Mary? She's supposed to. No, no. He said, let me get Mary. She needs to be here at your feet, too. You know what Martha does? Now Martha enjoys where she's at. Do you enjoy being where you're at today? If you're not, I'll tell you how to get there. Jesus said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said that. And thou shalt be saved. Are you saved? Do you know you're saved? If you know you're saved, you're absolutely sure you're serving. Because if you're not, you're missing the whole thing. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the word of God, Lord. Thank you for this story about Martha. And Lord, that you didn't leave her, Lord. She, she hung out there. You wasn't sure about in Luke what was up with her. By the time you got done in, in John, Lord, I know that she knows exactly what to do. And Lord, one day uh, you passed away on that cross. You gave your life there at Calvary for us. And Lord, the next day you, you popped up. Three days later you pop up out of the ground. And Lord, uh, the, the whole thing has been changed. And I'm sure Mary and Martha and, and Lazarus and everybody else, Lord, put their whole trust in you. And as the church was changing, Lord, uh, they got in. Lord, help if there's anyone here today that's lost. Help them get in. And for the rest of us, Lord, let's examine ourselves whether we be in the faith. And Father, again, thank you and bless uh, the invitation. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.